Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer, and today I am really excited to bring on guest Shannon Rose to the show. Shannon has a really cool little portfolio that she's growing, and I've just loved following along as everything's been being built and seeing everything come to life and all the things she's working on. So just to give a quick background, she's got a pretty decent sized cabin. I don't know how many people you guys sleep, but it sits on 18 acres of land. And then as part of that land, they also built a whole little glamp site, which you guys know my obsession right now with glamping and wanting to build an Airstream village and unique stays. So I love that she tapped into all of that just on land that they already owned. I just love the resourcefulness of that. So I wanted to have her on and dive into her portfolio and how this all came to be. So welcome, Shannon. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and catch us up to speed on your hosting journey? Sure. Firstly, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. She literally like DM'd me yesterday and she's like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? I'm like, heck yes, I do. <laughs> well, I saw it's always weird because I never know like if people are comfortable like talking or spilling details. And I saw yesterday you said you're launching a podcast. And I was like, oh, okay. If she's launching one, she's for sure down. So yeah. I immediately DM'd you. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, no gatekeeping here. We like to share everything. There's enough for everybody to go around. So I love that. Yeah. So originally, I uh, started on YouTube. So I'm actually a YouTuber and I have over a million subscribers and that was kind of like my full-time job. And we like, so when I first turned 18, I actually house hacked and I didn't even know that that's what I was doing, but I wanted to go to college and I was like, oh, it's probably smart to like invest my money in a house. So I started a long time ago, but didn't really I wasn't really like into the whole investing. Like I didn't think that was going to be like something that I liked to do. I was just trying to get through college, you know? And then as I got older, I'm like, you know, this real estate investing stuff sounds pretty smart. So we uh, started doing that, my husband and I, and we rented out a house that he had and he had like renovated. And that's kind of like where it started. And we were like, ooh, this is really cool. We can make money this way. But I am not into like the long-term rentals. I don't, for me personally, I just think it's boring. Yeah. So we have some, but I was like, I really want to do Airbnbs. Like I just really feel like my heart is called to do that. I think I'd be like, not, I, I guess I'd be good at it because I'm so passionate about it and I just like give it my all. So I finally saved up enough money and we found this cabin and we accidentally like stumbled across it. I wanted to start my Airbnb as something small, you know, to get started yep. and like get my feet wet. And we ended up finding this and my husband and I were like, this place is magical. We have to buy it. So it was on 18 acres and I'm like, okay, to make the numbers work, like we have to do 
something else here. And so that's how the glamping camp came to be. Oh, interesting. I thought it was like you guys just had that property or bought that. And then it was like, well, we've got this unused space. Let's add stuff. But it was a very early intentional decision that you needed that the extra resources or income streams to make it work. Yes. And okay. also, you know, we were thinking like, oh, this would be a great place to do wedding venues. And so the glamping, yeah, the, so that's kind of how the glamping started. So we just kind of do it all at the same time. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of wild. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. So did that happen? What happened first then? You closed on the property and mm -hmm. I'm curious, like did the cabin itself need a ton of work or was that just good to go? You guys started listing that while then building the glamp site. So no, there was uh, qu quite a bit of work to be done. So we, we renovated as much as we could with what we could afford because we did all this with our own money. We had no like outside investors. And we started the glamping camp first. So I bought some tents and it was just me, my husband and my dad because we couldn't afford to like hire, you know, like a whole team to come do this for us because I literally just spent all my money on the cabin. And then we slowly, uh, we, we finished that. And then we started renting the the tents out. And then we lived in the cabin in our RV. Uh, so we were going back and forth from living in our RV while we were renovating the cabin and having it like completely redesigned to do uh, for Airbnb. Oh my gosh. Did you have kids already at the time? Oh my gosh. Yeah. This happened just like a few months ago. So it oh took us like six God. months and yeah, we had two young kids the whole time. It was a, a shit show. How, how did they like deal with living in an RV and then like being moved to the cabin and back and forth? So they're still young. Uh, I know you have two young kids yeah. too. So our youngest is two and okay. then our oldest just turned five. So okay. they are still young and it's super fun for them because they were playing in the tents and we got oh. like a whole like Ninja Warrior obstacle course and you know, all the fun amenities that come oh, with like cool. glamping. Yeah. So like they have so much fun, but it was hard to try to do all of that and work and, you know, renovate and YouTube and coaching and all the things that you know we do but yeah it's been fun and they love it right now we're currently like living in our rv and traveling until we find our next like primary house that we're going to move into oh no way okay yeah. okay so how can you give us some backstory on the tents like where did you source them what was the cost for these how are they seasonal like give us the whole lowdown on all of that yeah so I've always wanted to do a glamping, but I uh, like a glamping camp, but I never thought like I would actually be able to do it. So my my daughter was diagnosed with a neurological brain disorder. And that is kind of when I was like, okay, we definitely need to do the tents. And I just did as much research as I could in such a short period of time because of like the personal stuff we had going on it to pay for all her therapy. It was just like so expensive. Insurance wasn't going to cover it. So I'm like, we have to do this quick because we need to bring money in <laughs> to be able to pay for this. And so I literally just bought tents on Wayfair. They are seasonal. So they're, they can be up year round, but we're only doing uh, like seasonal tents. So we close down during winter because where we're at in Southern California. Are you in California? I am. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm, I'm in Southern California, but I have never heard of the city, the, the the market that you're renting your, that your property is in. Yeah. So Tehachapi is in Kern County. Tehachapi. You know, had never yeah. heard of this place. So what, where are you exactly? In I'm California. right on the border of Orange County and LA County. Okay. So we're in LA County right now. I'm okay. in Redondo Beach. Do you know where that okay. is? Yep. Redondo yep. Beach. Okay. So it's like two hours outside of LA. 
So it's okay. kind of like the perfect place to go for like people in LA that want to like go retreat somewhere. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's like outside of Bakersfield. I don't know if you're familiar with that area. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we did. We got tents on Wayfair. I did not know what I was doing. I literally like <laughs> wung everything and just did as much was research. there like a deck or like a platform? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you had to like build like some sort of solid structure and then the, they're like canvas tents that you just yes. put them up on some poles and that's it. <laughs> yeah. They were a couple grand and then they're super easy to put up. Uh, they came really fast. They came, like I said, I ordered them off Wayfair, but they're great quality. We haven't had any issues. Like it's snowed, it's rained, uh, no leaks. Like they've been awesome uh, and they've held up. We've only had them for one season granted, but <laughs> so okay. far so good. And then, yeah, my dad is an electrical contractor and my husband's pretty handy. So I got lucky there and they helped do all, you know, build all the decks so that they're off the ground and they have mini splits. So they have air conditioning and heat and a fridge and they're pretty bougie. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you have AC and everything in there. Yeah. Wow. Electrical. They're you can plug in called... your phones. Yeah. It's like, it's do pretty they fancy. Have bathrooms in there or do you have like a communal restroom somewhere? So each tent has their own outhouse and okay. it's right behind the tent. So it's not like super uncomfortable to get up in the middle of the night and, you know, go outside to pee. <laughs> yeah. And then what's like the kitchen situation? Is there any like running water, oven, like fridge, anything like that? Yeah. So we have a fridge and a freezer in there. And then each tent comes with their own griddle. And the reason that we did that was because we have chickens on the property. And so we wanted the guests to be able to go to the chicken coop, get farm fresh eggs and be able to cook on the griddle so they can barbecue, oh but they can also make like pancakes or eggs or something, you know? And so that's the kitchen situation and there is running water. So there's like a sink outside of the outhouse where people can like wash their dishes or brush their teeth, but it's like an outdoor shower with hot water. So it's that is cool. so cute. So who is there like someone living on the property, like raising the chickens and like maintaining <laughs> all of this? Or like when you guys drive off in the RV, are you just like, Bye, chickens. Hope you guys are good. <laughs> no, no way. We would never, never leave the chickens. There is somebody there on site that helps with all of that. So kind of like a groundskeeper uh, who takes care of the chickens. And if for some reason there's like low occupancy or not guests, they'll take the eggs home and, you know, their own family will, mm -hmm. will use them. But we, uh, for the cabin also like to provide farm fresh eggs for the guests, which is kind of fun. And it sleeps 12 people, the cabin. I know oh, you were okay. asking about that. Okay. Yeah. That is so cute. So is your groundskeeper also your housekeeper? Who does yes. all of the cleaning? Okay. So it's like a little family and they're so sweet. They're like the nicest people. And so like the mom and the husband come and the husband does the chickens and like the groundskeeping and then the wife does the cleaning and then, you know, their kids sometimes come and help out. How did you find a family like that? On Turno. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they don't live on the property, but they come check up on it every day or what's the setup? Yeah. So right now we've been so blessed that we've had a lot of bookings. And so between the tents and the cabin, yeah, they're there basically almost every day. Yeah. Or every yeah, there's days. a turnover pretty much every day, I'm sure. So there's four glamp sites, right? And then the cabin? 
So right now we have three glamping tents. We have two okay. other tents, but they're amenity tents. So we have like one of those big bell tents, you know, the round ones. Oh, yeah. And we turned it into like, there's like a couch. So it's like you can go in there and journal or have your morning coffee. There's like board games and like a whole library in there. So yeah, so for adults. And then there's a kid's one also that has like a telescope for the kids at night and like oh. crafts and yarn and like all kinds of fun stuff that you would want to do when you're camping. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. I didn't realize like the extent of the amenities and everything you had there. So can you break down, is that also available for people who book the cabin or are these like two very separate, like opposite sides of the property? So the property is pretty big, but if you wanted to, we wanted to make it to where if someone wanted to like have a family reunion or like, you know, a bunch of like girlfriends or something do some fun like bachelorette trip. We wanted it to be able to so they can rent the cabin and the camp. So they're close enough to be able to walk like back and forth to if they wanted, but they're also a road separates them. So they're able to be separated. So if someone's staying at the cabin, they kind of have their own separate area and privacy, and then the camp can also be separate. So it, it goes either or. Okay. So I want to go back to how you said that the tents are seasonal. Are you guys like actually planning to take them down for the season or they're just going to be closed because it's just too cold? Yeah. So we, we've we actually had people saying like, oh, we want to come when it's snowing. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, yeah. no, like comprehension of how cold it is. They're like, yeah. oh, it'll be magical. We'll dress warm. And it's like, you guys, it's Freezing. It's a tent. Yeah. I mean, like, Freezing. even though there's a heater in there, I was even thinking like I got heated blankets and, you know, like all kinds of stuff for people so that they're very comfortable. But I just, I don't know, I get kind of worried, you know, <laughs> that it might be too cold and I'm going to freeze to death and I'm going to find dead people in my freaking tent. So <laughs> we're going to shut it down. We're not going to take the tent down completely, but we will take out some things so that, you know, the weather doesn't destroy them and put them in storage. Do you remember episode 68 where I got to interview Kenny Bedwell, the CEO at S-Tier Insights? Well, since this episode dropped, I have heard multiple success stories from No Vacancy listeners who have been able to find their next property thanks to Kenny and his team at S-Tier Insights. If you've been wondering if the property or market you are looking at will be a good investment, or if you have no idea what market or property to start looking at, please take advantage of the free call that S-Tier Insights is offering No Vacancy listeners. You have nothing to lose. With their 100% success rate, I am confident that you'll be in good hands working with S-Tier Insights. Whether you're looking for cash flow, cash on cash return, or long-term appreciation, S-Tier Insights will first help you define your goals and then identify the market and property that is right for you. The team is made up of S-Tier investors and operators themselves, so they know exactly what to look for in terms of a good market and property, and will make sure that you can legally operate in the areas they point you to. If you're ready to join the dozens of No Vacancy listeners who have already started working with S-Tier Insights to find their next property, just click the link in my show notes to schedule your free call and get you one step closer to finding that perfect deal. Okay, what is the deal with pests? I'm just like imagining like a rodent running in through the through the tent or anything <laughs> like that. So we have not had any issues with pests. I mean, like the occasional uh, like bee will get in the tent or butterfly or something. But like, thankfully, we have not had any issues with that, especially because like we're if you look at like our location and see where we're at, we're like literally in the middle of the mountains and you would think, but really it's just like deer and bunnies and like lizards, you know, I think there's been like a <laughs> lizard in the tent that we had to get out, but we haven't had any issues with, with rodents, fingers crossed. 
do you feel like your guests like cared about the lizard being there or because I just always imagine with glamping you're getting a different type of clientele that's kind of like down for an adventure anyway and they're not going to freak out if there is a lizard in there they're just going to like get a broom and kind of shove it out yeah thankfully we haven't had any any complaints or issues but yeah I think you're right like the they're so spontaneous like literally people are booking like the same day I'm like wow Mm -hmm. these people are so fun and wild I got it Is there a shower there? I know you said there's the outhouse, but is that also shower or just toilet? So each tent has their own outhouse and their own private outdoor shower and like a sink. So yeah, it's, it's enough to where like you feel like you're outdoors, you know, showering, but it's also private. So we have it enclosed so people, you know, would feel comfortable. Can you kind of walk us through the thought process of, I just imagine there were so many things like how far apart you decided to space out the tents like I'm sure like was the land all perfectly flat or were you kind of like restricted on where things could go how did you know like we want to make them close enough where people can book as a group but still give some of that privacy like I'm just so curious on the thought process behind all this yeah exactly uh, what you said we wanted them to be close enough to where like if you know parents wanted to have their own tent like they could still hear their kids but also you know if they were guests that didn't know each other like how far apart you know what I mean we didn't want them too close so that's how we tried to space it but we also knew that if it did well and like I said, I did this very quickly, uh, like within a matter of months. And so uh, there wasn't a ton of time to be like, you know, researching and thinking about things properly. Uh, But I did know that I wanted to start small and see how it did because I wasn't sure if it was going to work. Right. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know I've spent all this money, (laughs) my own money. And like, what if nobody comes? And so we started small, but wanted to build it so that we did have room to expand. So how we did it was we're going to use this section of land and put like that fire pit, the communal fire pit in the middle and then have tents go around the fire pit. So that's kind of how we decided to like kind of space them out. So is there room to add more? Yeah. Okay. And is there plans for that? I know you just launched, but is it like profitable enough that you're like, okay, we're going to keep doing this? Yeah, we've definitely have been so blessed and lucky to have people actually come and stay. (laughs) Thank God, because, you know, it's a good it's, it was it, there's not like a a huge tourist town there, you know, so I really like, didn't I've never know. even heard of this. City. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm shocked this even exists, but it looks so cute. It is. It's really cool. It's a really like up and coming town. So I think that that was like one thing that I had on my side. But also, yeah, like people are like randomly finding it on Airbnb and I'm just so happy that they are. What was the original question? I'm sorry. I totally went off track. Um, Just the plans of like adding more. Yes. Yes. So remember how I said, like it did all this really fast. So when I first started doing this, I remember this was like my first time I've ever done something like this. I called our uh, city. I think it was like our city and said like, hi, like, because Airbnb is allowed in Kern County. That was one of the reasons why we picked that area because LA County is very strict and there's a lot of rules. So we couldn't really do that in LA County. But I specifically called in before I bought this property because again, this was specifically for Airbnb. And I said like, hey, I'm doing these like tents and I want to like Airbnb them out. Do I need to get like special permits or anything? And they were like, oh no, you just need to like sign up for the TOT tax for each individual tent. So I was like, okay, cool. We're solid. Like we're good to go. And then 
we were really lucky the news like had found out about us opening. And so the day that we launched, they were like, oh, can we come like talk about your camp? And I was like, oh my God, yes, please. That would be so amazing. And so we did. <laughs> but then the county saw and they were like, yeah, you need special use permits. Like you can't do that. So I was like, oh man, I screwed up because I called the city instead of the county. I didn't oh, know that I had to call the county. And so, you know, learning lesson, we learn from our mistakes. So if anybody's listening, make sure that you call your county and not your city. Don't make the same mistake I did. But yeah, so we ended up where we have to, we had to get a architectural engineer. Is that what it's called? And have yeah. them, yeah, draw up the whole thing. And then it's a whole process that takes months and we have to have a public hearing and make sure that we're able to get like the special use permit. So we're in the process of that right now. Wait, so are you not allowed to like be renting these at the moment? Yeah. <laughs> I love the transparency. <laughs> you said you'd be transparent and wouldn't gatekeep and you really are not. I'd be yeah. so <laughs> out. Well, we're shutting down for this season like next week. Yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, so that's just it. kind of, Make some yeah, money I, I have to pay and... for my daughter's therapy. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing you what I got to do. Yeah. <laughs> you have to pay. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So how do you think it's going to go? That's you led into this perfectly. Cause my next question for you was going to be about permits. So thank you for giving us all of this team now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what, what is like this process going to be? Like there's a full on hearing for this. Do you think that they'll allow it? So we actually went in and sat down with the, uh, like, I don't know, whoever the head guy is at the county. And he was super nice. And he was just like, yeah, you guys can't do that. You have to get like permission. And there's like a lot of things that you have to do. And, you know, and I was just like, I'm sorry, like, whoops, you know, like, I didn't know, like, I thought I knew, I, you know, I'm new, whatever. So he was I really think it's nice. good that you have on your side that you did call the city. And it's actually really weird to me that the city didn't tell you that because usually, I feel like the county, if anything, is going to be the one more flexible and then individual cities will impose further restrictions. So, yeah, I feel like you could always just blame it on like, I did call. I did talk to someone. But yeah, I mean, they're really nice. I, I told them and I'm very like transparent, honest. It's just like in my nature. So I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know. And I called them and then, you know, whatever. So anyway, basically through all of that, I found out that I'm not allowed to do this and I need to just get special permits. And, and so the, the good thing is, is that everyone's super nice and they're helping me and they're working with me and telling me like what I need to do to get the permits. So I'm hopeful that, you know, like they're on my side and then also like all of our neighbors, cause we're on that 18 acres. So it's like, you know, we're pretty far away from our neighbors, but the neighbors that I do have are very supportive and super nice. And so I think that like, once we do have that public hearing, I'm hoping that they'll like, you know, want to come and do like, we're, we are here and we support this. But the thing is, is like, there's like a couple people and it's basically just like their opinion, whether or not like, you know, they say yes or no. Oh my God. That makes me so nervous. So what would happen? God, I like pray this doesn't happen to you, but worst case scenario, yeah. public hearing does not go in your favor. Is there an appeals process or like 
are you guys just going to keep renting illegally or like, <laughs> what, what do you do? We definitely would not keep renting illegally <laughs> just because I don't think it'd be worth it, you know, to get like fined. And also like, I'm a, I'm a rule follower. So I <laughs> actually do like to follow the rules like when I can. When you can. <laughs> yeah. Like, Listen, my daughter comes first, right? I'm like, I got it. Therapy bills come first. Yes, but... exactly. But I feel like, you know, we're not doing anything we're not doing anything that's like hurting anybody, you yeah. know, like we're, we're actually been really good about being like super eco-friendly. Cause like that matters to me. So like any like water runoff, like we have special soap that we give, you know, we're making sure that we're like composting and doing like all the things that like we should do, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's not like we're putting anybody in danger or, or anything like that. But I think that if for some reason, God forbid, you know, they're like, yeah, sorry, you can't do this. You know, we'll have to, kind of uh cut our losses and then find somewhere where we can yeah yeah I wonder if there could be if the only issue is the special so is the special use permit only because you're doing glamping they have no issue with the cabin yeah so you're allowed to do Airbnb there and okay. there's other people out there that have tents on their property like glamping tents on their property but it's just one right it's not like a couple okay and they've been doing it for a long time so that was another reason why I thought like oh it's fine you know because other people are doing it but just because other people are doing it doesn't mean that it's allowed and the thing is is like because I asked when I was there I'm like but other people are doing it I don't understand like why are you coming for me what did I do you know and they were like well they only have the resources to go after people that have been complained about. So because we went on the news and someone was like, you know, a Karen and didn't want to have us there for whatever reason, they complained and put in a complaint. And that's the only reason like they went after us because there are other people, like I said, that have them and they just, they won't, they won't make them special use permits. Yeah. Do you know who lodged the complaint? So I don't, I, I really don't. I think I have like trolls and haters that follow me on from like YouTube. So oh. I'm assuming maybe it's like somebody that doesn't there. like me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is ridiculous. Do you, cause I wanted to ask if it's somebody who's like local, do you think that they would like show up to this public hearing and like have an issue or yeah, I mean, I, it, it very well could be, you know, I really don't know for sure, but I, I don't think it is just because I, the people, it's a pretty small town yeah. there and like everyone's so nice and like support. It literally feels like you're not in California, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. everyone's just so nice and supportive. So I don't think that there is, but if there is, you know, like I, I don't understand like why it would affect someone else, especially because we're like in our own, in the middle of nowhere out there in the mountains, you know, it doesn't, yeah. everyone else can even like. And there's not that many tents to where there's like noise problems and, you know, so I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if like worst case scenario, they do block it. I mean, I know this would be way more expensive than what you'd build, but you probably could on that much land, like build tiny homes or A-frames or something just to not like let all that go to waste. Because if there's no issue with Airbnb itself, it's just the fact that these are like unique stays. Yeah. That's so frustrating though. And yeah, I agree. In your case too, there's no way that there's like noise complaints. It's so private and so secluded. Everybody's parking their cars on the property, driving onto this private road that's there. Like, come on. I know. I know. It's so funny, huh? How like somebody can get really upset over something that some somebody you don't even know is doing like on their own property that's like, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Isn't it so funny how people are? 
Wild. Absolutely wild. So I wonder you, I don't know if there's like a strategy for this like public hearing, but I would rally all the other people that are doing tents to please come and like support you because if they shut yours down, it is only a matter of time before that precedent is set and like they can go after the other people that are doing it. So I, yeah, I would definitely like rally the people, but I think you're going to have people on your side and like you're now providing a livelihood to this family that's able to come and help be groundskeepers and everything. Like, I don't think there should be any issue, especially if you're locally sourcing things for the property. Like, you're such a supportive component now of the community. Yeah. Like, it would just be heartbreaking for them to shut that down. Yeah, it would be a real bummer, especially because, like, the people in the community are excited about it. They're like, this is so cool. And yes. they come and, like, have their kids' birthdays there, you know. So I'm hoping, like, I can get some supporters to maybe come with me to the hearing. But I will be there. I oh. will come. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, I'm, I am I think it'll – when is your hearing? So we don't have a date set because we're oh, still okay. – we submitted, like, all of our plans. Like, that's kind of how this came to be because you asked about plans. So we submitted our plans and we're still waiting to hear back. It's been, like, a while. So so at this moment, you don't know if you can even add additional tents until this goes yeah. forward. Gotcha. We know that they're probably going to make us change things. And we oh. know that they're going to make us permit each tent because of, like, fire. And it goes through, like, fish and wildlife. And, like, it has to go okay. through a bunch of people's – desk to get approved and make sure that we're not like doing anything we're not supposed to. It's such a big deal. I'm like, it's only three tents, you guys. Oh God, like it's my little baby. And then a crafting tent and a telescope tent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Come on. Oh my God. Everybody who just it's all these like no gonna get on my sofa. It's all these like bureaucrats that get a little bit of power and they're just like, sweet, we can shut this down. We can make this person's life hell. Like, let's do it. I know. It feels like a money grab, you know? Because I'm totally. like, it's gonna cost like thousands of dollars for us to just get this like permit. And then like they they were saying it could only last a year. Like they could say, like, okay, we'll give it to you for a year. We'll see how it goes. And then you'll have to come back and then do it all over again to like see if we want to give you more time or whatever. But fingers crossed everything goes well. I tried to see yeah. like the positive on, on everything. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you guys will be okay. All right, hosts, can we keep it real for a sec? Are you absolutely fed up with constant changes from third-party booking platforms, switching up your listing ranking randomly? Well, I've got a secret weapon for boosting your bookings and increasing guest loyalty. Introducing StayFi, your ultimate tool for gathering guest information, guest marketing, and fostering brand loyalty. How does it work? Have you ever visited a coffee shop where you enter your email in order to get on the Wi-Fi? StayFi operates the exact same way. Every single guest, not just the one who made the booking, has to provide their information when connecting, so you can start building your email list to stay in touch with every guest you've ever hosted. StayFi provides you with advanced email and text marketing tools to communicate with that growing contact list. As you cultivate your thriving list of subscribers, one quick email or automated series can turn into dozens of bookings where you are not relying on your OTA's algorithm. Impressive, right? So use code NOVACANCY for an exclusive 50% off your first three months with StayFi. It's not just about attracting new guests. It's about transforming one-time visitors into lifelong customers. Don't wait any longer to start building that contact list and use code NOVACANCY today to kickstart your guest loyalty program with StayFi. To lock in your StayFi discount and start cultivating your engaged guest list, go to stayfi.com slash NOVACANCY and watch your bookings soar. Mm -hmm. 
So I would actually love to know if you're open, would you be willing to kind of share some of the numbers, how you're pricing everything? Yeah. Are you just pricing your tents on your own right now? Or are you using something like Price Labs? I'm curious how those like softwares would even be able to gauge something like a tent when you really don't have any comps to go off of. Yeah. So we are using Price Labs. At the very beginning, I didn't because, you know, again, this was like all brand new to me. Yeah. And I was just like, what do I do? Like, I don't even know like what to charge, you know? And yeah. I, and I was really scared that like nobody would come. And so everyone was like, oh, you should charge like four or $500 because it's super exclusive. And uh, you know, per night. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so expensive. Like I can't, I don't want to. And so what we ended up doing was I ended up getting price labs and, and figuring that whole thing out. And now we're charging, I think it's like 120 a night. And the thing is, is like what we've learned is that that's a good price. And like every weekend we're, we're booking and also getting bookings during the week, but like one night bookings. So like every, mm -hmm. almost everything is just, they only want to stay for a night. I don't know if it's just because they want to just like experience and see what it's like. Yeah. But, That's what um, I'm thinking is the nature of that kind of, because how does your cabin book? That's probably so, not one night. Yeah. So we uh, have a two night booking for that just because it's way bigger and that's booking way more nights because it's like, you know, people are coming for like their families or like work trips and stuff. And so they're staying a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that with unique stays, it's especially for somebody who's never glamped. It's like, what am I getting myself into? Am I ready to commit to like a four night stay here? with right. an outhouse or should I just do one night and just like say I did it? Right. Exactly. I think that that's like what people like is the, the experience. Right. And so, uh, we've been super grateful that people are staying even one night or so happy because it's, it's $120, but then like the cleaning fee, I don't think that's something that I think people don't think about is like, you're in the middle of nowhere and you have to wash sheets and someone's got to have to take all that stuff like to a laundromat somewhere and then bring it back. And so it's, it's expensive for us. It costs just as much as the night's day. So we charge, I think it's like an $85 cleaning fee. So okay. altogether, once like you know, taxes and everything adds up. It's like over two hundred dollars, or uh, yeah, to that they're paying. Yeah, exactly. One night. Yeah. Okay. You're really good at anticipating my next question because the next thing <laughs> I was going to ask you was cleaning. So yeah. you're charging about eighty five dollars to clean the tents, mm -hmm. and what goes into that? Are they just one like king size or queen size bed in each one? Yeah. So we have two king size beds and then one of the tents has a queen bed with like a pullout couch. So if you had like kids, okay. they would sleep on that. So yeah, it's not a lot of cleaning. It's more so like where you are having to clean, if that makes sense, you yeah. know, um, there's a whole outhouse. Right? right. And I'm sure too, with a property like this, like, yeah, it might seem like less cleaning. You don't have like a full kitchen and it's just one bed and there's not a full bathroom, but I'm sure that there's just so much like dirt that gets in and has to yeah. be swept out and maintaining the amenity tents and that there's no s'mores that dripped into the fire pit. Like there's just a right. lot to maintain on the ground. So that's, that's a completely fair price, I think. Yeah. And they just like make sure to sanitize and disinfect everything, you know, like between each guest. And so all of those things, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time. So yeah. And finding cleaners that would uh, clean an outhouse. <laughs> just, what? Okay, I'm going to be completely ignorant on this question. What does that entail? Like, yeah. I I don't think I've ever even used an outhouse. Is oh there gosh, like, really? I don't think so. A porta potty, and that's about it. Yeah, but so it's kind of the same concept, except for you. It's like 
in a bucket with like a trash liner. Think about that. And then it composts into. Okay. Dirt. Right. So okay. at least it, it takes a while, obviously, for that to happen, to for it to break down. Are you into gardening at all or not really? I want to be, but I just do not have a green thumb. Like everything <laughs> dies, but a little bit. I try. Yeah. So like I really love gardening and I'm very big into like like an edible garden. So I was doing a lot of research on like composting and and that is kind of how like I got the idea because I was like, I really want it to be sustainable and green and and so and also getting freaking bathrooms out there, we would have had to get a whole, like a sept, another septic tank. It would have been super expensive. So to keep costs down and to be more environmentally friendly, we decided to do the whole composting toilet. And there's so many different ways that you can do this. You can do it very expensively where there's like an incinerator and it literally burns the poop in the, in like it, into ash. So it like becomes wow. nothing. And then all the way down to something as simple as a, like a Home Depot five gallon bucket with like, you know, a, plastic Trash liner. Lighter. Yeah. And then like putting in wood chips, you know, like the, just to deal with the odor or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And we even like experimented with kitty litter, uh, like the unscented kitty litter, because that actually controlled the odor so much more than the like wood chips that you put in. Yeah. Or I, I'm saying wood chips, but, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like the dust. Why I can't, my brain is broken for some reason. I can't. Charcoal? Um, is it not, like the, it's not, it's not charcoal. It's basically just like wood uh, crumble or pellets <laughs> or something. I, yeah. Anyway, and, and with someone okay. that's listening that knows someone about it, we're we'll yelling at us right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's this? Yeah, I know. But that's basically, we were doing that because they make natural, uh, like, it's like natural kitty litter that's made from like corn. So it's able to be compostable. Oh, so cool. Anyway, Is that expensive? It's not, no. But again, there's so many different ways that you can do it that would so, cost more money, but we did the cheaper one. Does the like poop actually have to be like moved out of the outhouse or it? Oh, like, no, yeah. No, oh, between God. each guest, we completely take out oh, everything okay, okay. and then okay. put it compost and then, and then uh, there's a new liner for each guest. Got it. And you're composting it on the actual property itself. So yes. it just gets moved somewhere else and yes. okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so to find cleaners to do that, to that, do that. Would, yeah. Cause like we had interviewed different ones and they were like, uh, no. And then, <laughs> you know, other people are just going to charge a lot more money. So, but again, this is all part of like that permitting process. Cause they might tell us like you are, whatever you're doing is so illegal and like, no, you can't do that. You have to get like a septic tank. Like we don't know what's yeah. going to happen. There could so, even be the cleaner, for all we know, is totally willing to do this and feels like they're getting paid fairly. And then the county says, oh, well, it's a biohazard. Like right. there could be all sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I'm waiting to find out like what I'm supposed to do and how I legally am supposed to run this business. But again, I'm just <laughs> learning all of it as I go. Shannon, I just like, I just love you already. Like I feel <laughs> like it's just, this is what like every episode, I always just tell people like you learn this as you do it how would you have even known to ask these questions or play with kitty litter or wood chips like you don't even know what to ask until you start doing it you just have to like try stuff and like you said you have a good attitude about it like worst case scenario you cut your losses and you learned a lot and you'll try it better the next time but I just love your like energy around everything oh, thank you. what is the deal with laundry are I think you mentioned a laundromat because they probably can't rely on like the cabins laundry right because people could be booked there during the time 
Exactly. Yeah. So we told them because it's the same cleaners that clean the tents that clean the cabin. So okay. I always tell them like whatever is easiest for you, feel free to use the cabin if it's if there's no one occupying it and no guests there. But otherwise, feel free to take it home and do it there or at a laundromat, whatever is like, you know, they prefer. And then I just pay them really well and and they're happy to, you know, to help with with the laundry. So that's how we do it for the tents. So the tents, it's just like a lot more difficult taking a bunch of white, <laughs> you know, yeah. linens that are getting dirty from being in, you know, a camping environment and then having to keep it clean. Right. Cause like, even when I first started, I couldn't afford to have cleaners. So I was cleaning everything myself and it was so difficult. And I kept dropping like the white sheets, like on the ground and it would get like oh all those yucky things all over it that are hard to get out. And it was like such a struggle. So we, just like you said, you learn as you go. So we're like, okay, we need to get those like big plastic tote bins and transfer everything that way and have a little golf cart so that it's easier to get it to the car. So, you know, you just kind of learn as, as you go for the laundry situation. But So back to the chicken thing. This is the cutest idea ever. I love that they're like on the property. So guests are just completely free to just like walk up to the chicken coop and grab eggs as they please. Yeah. That is I think so cute. Are you yeah. guys providing like butter or like pancake mix or like syrup or anything? Or is it just like if you want any of those extras, you bring them. We just have eggs on site. Yeah. So we don't provide – we provide just like the basics, you know, like olive oil, salt, pepper. Okay. But for the cabin, I really wanted to do the pancake mix because I think that that's so cute. And I've seen other people do that. Don't you do that, the pancake mix? We don't do pancake mix. I think okay. that's a really good idea, though. But we do like little s'mores kits. Yeah. Okay, yeah. See, that's so cute. I love that. I've seen a couple people do the the pancake mix where like they leave it out and they even show it like in their Airbnb pictures, which I think that's is like cute. such a nice little added touch. It just shows that like they care, right? Like so, like your yeah. s'mores thing. I'm like, what a cute thing to show like your your guests that you care and you're doing something like special and going the extra mile for them. We don't do that, but I want to, it's a goal. <laughs> I wonder if what you could do, even if it's not like complimentary, if there's like little baskets you guys could make. And it's like, if you want to add this on for $30, we'll have a whole like whatever little locally sourced syrup and a pancake mix and locally churned butter. And if your uh, groundskeepers are there almost every day anyway, I feel like it'd be very easy to like coordinate a delivery of that if they want to add that on could be could be yeah cute, but I love that I love other logistical that. thing to figure out so yeah. we wanted to do like a whole like wellness center and add that on in the future and we we had talked about like you know barbecue kits and things mm -hmm. like s'mores yeah. kits and things that people could add on we actually did I did this but literally no one bought it but I bought a Sasquatch costume like a legit <laughs> like really scary one and I was like oh this would be so awesome for an add-on like no one else is doing this like for a hundred bucks to do like a to go scare the, the campers you know and then do no like one bought it off. no one bought it I'm like what the heck that's such a fun like I would totally spend a hundred bucks to like <laughs> scare my children yeah to like or even just to like bring s'mores and like do photos for like Instagram I thought it was that's such a smart cute. marketing idea that's you cute. know could have but, them come and like read scary stories or something right? I know. Like no one wanted it. I was like, whatever. I tried. I think, that, I think with something like that, you need to you need to do it and actually yeah. stage the photos. Like yeah. show people what they're getting, you know? It's just hard for people to imagine that. And you're right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I should have done that. I think it's so funny. Can you imagine like take this so many directions? You could have like a UFO visit and do like an alien costume. And there's a lot, there's a lot of potential here. I'm telling you, I'm excited for yours. Like once you do yours, because I'm like, we were gonna have some fun things coming from that. Some paranormal, like mythical creatures stopping by. You could have your cleaner wear the Sasquatch outfit while they clean. What other listing has Bigfoot cleaning your property for you I literally get like calls from the police like well I remember I like posted about it and I when I thought of the idea I was like oh my gosh this is such a fun idea and people are like you're that person's gonna get shot like <laughs> oh my god don't shoot my sasquatch please do not shoot the sasquatches you need signs on the property do not shoot the sasquatches they're friendly they come in peace yeah oh but maybe I should definitely do like a like a staged video of that because I think that's such a fun idea and also like I thought for marketing purposes like if people did do it, they're going to definitely yeah. going to post to social media and then oh, they're going to yeah. be like, oh, where is this? This is so cool. We want to do this. Yes. I had like big plans for this idea and it went nowhere <laughs> fast. <laughs> it was a total fail. No, you have to like force it. You have to force it a little bit. Do the one, stage the photos and, and that'll get people going. Okay. Uh, okay. My last question for you is I know that you mentioned wanting this to be used for like weddings or anything or letting people buy out multiple tents in the cabin. Has that happened yet? If it has, how have you priced something like that when they do like a whole bundle? Yeah. So when I first went and looked at this property, that was the first thing that I said, I was like, oh, this would be such a cool wedding venue. But again, like when I do stuff like this, I really don't know if people have the same ideas I have. So I didn't know how it was going to go, but literally we just launched the cabin, like not even a month ago. Wait, maybe it's been a little bit longer. And we've had like five requests so far of people wanting to book their wedding and do their wedding there. So I quickly was like, talking to my husband. I'm like, how do we do this? How much do we charge? You know? Um, and so we right now are charging $1,500 as like a venue fee okay, on top of whatever nightly rate that they're doing to stay there. But then like, we don't do anything, right? We just say like, okay, no loud music after 10. You have to bring in your own porta potties because our we're on septic and to have like a bunch of people using the cabin oh, yeah. bathrooms is going to be a nightmare. Um, and then make them do a deposit and then have a person on site like during the wedding time to make sure there's like no crazy shenanigans going on. Um, and so far, that's like what we've decided and we're going to just kind of see how it goes. So, okay. Okay. I love it. And would that impact any way, like would the noise impact the tents or are they buying out the entire property? So they would buy out the entire property, especially because like, well, for one, during the season, like during the winter seasons, it's the tents are closed. So like no one, yeah, would be there. And if it's during like the wedding season, like, you know, those months, I'm assuming they're most likely going to also rent the tents because they want to be able to have like their wedding party all stay on the same property. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that they would most likely rent out the whole property. Okay, got it. Back to I'm going to bring up permits one more time. Do you know if they required any like permitting for events or anything different like that? So when I talked to the county, he specifically said you can have like up to 100 people on your property. And yeah, I think that it was up to you can do a wedding up to 100 people on your property. And so I was like, okay, because I didn't know if like 
I didn't know if we, anybody would even want to do this, you know? So now that like we're starting to get requests, I think that we'll try it out and see how it goes one or two times and make sure, you know, <laughs> it works out. And if it does, then if we do need to get like special permits or something, then I'll check into it then. But for now, I'm just kind of, again, winging it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, cool, Shannon. Thank you so much for just everything you shared with us and being so open with everything. Can you just quickly share and we'll link below, but can you just quickly share how people can connect with you if they want to see the cabin or just follow you or your YouTube? Yeah, of course. Well, first, thanks for so much for having me. This was so nice. And I feel like I made a new friend. So thank you. <laughs> You'll have to keep in touch with me. Um, I know. And I can't wait to hear your podcast come out soon. I and I don't know if you can I share your co host yet, but oh, yes. it will. Come out soon. <laughs> yes, very soon. And I know we would love to have you on our podcast. So if we, anytime, if on. anytime. But yeah, if anybody wants to be my friend, I am on Instagram and YouTube. It's just at Shannon Rose. Uh, it's spelled with a C, C H A N N O N. And yeah, I think that's it. Oh, and I have my social media course, which is like totally off subject from this, but that's also available in my links if anyone's interested. Perfect. We'll put all of that below and I'll link how to book your your glamp site and your cabin and all of that. I know your season's about to end, but maybe we can squeeze like one more reservation in there before the season ends. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Shannon. And finally, for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole? Um, If you guys listened to my advice column episode last week, you know what I was dealing with with this weekend, me being terrified that this one guest that had a three-star review was able to book, was able to instant book, and I was so scared that they were going to throw a party. So I found another post on Facebook of a host going through the exact, exact same thing that I dealt with last week. So let me read this, let me react to this, and then I'm going to update you on how that guest went this weekend because I know... I know that you all have been just waiting on pins and needles like, oh my God, how did this guest go for Natalie? Did they throw a party? Is she okay? What's going on in her business? I know that you guys have like not been able to sleep since I dropped that Friday episode and you've all been super stressed about this. So I want to, I do want to update you today, okay? Because I know it's all you've been able to think about, but let's react to this first and then we'll get there. All right. So this host posted this. I just had a guest book for tonight, and this is the most recent review. Is there any way to get them to cancel? This is the worst review I have ever seen. Update, Airbnb would not cancel, and the guests are currently at my place, and it's a dozen construction workers. I'm afraid to see how the place is left tomorrow. And here is the review that they posted that a previous host left of this guest. This host posted, Her photo and message made me think it was a family of six guests that were coming to stay, but what we had instead were all adult male construction workers for Optimum, a TV and internet company. They came with large trucks for doing electrical work and brought up to 11 guests. Our house only allows 10 max. They ended up leaving the entire house completely trashed. They stopped up the second floor tub and instead of letting me know, decided to take a long metal wire to try and unsuccessfully unclog it. They of course left the wire in the tub for me to clean up. The stopped up tub ended up cracking in the pipes and causing a leak to the first floor. They left me with $4,000 in damages. I would not recommend letting this guest anywhere near your home. And then they put that they ignored checkout directions, uh, excessive garbage, messy kitchen, and flagged them for damaged property. So it looks like this host went through exactly what I went through. Because what what did they post? Just had a guest book for tonight, and this is the most recent review. Any way to get them to cancel? This is the worst review I've ever seen. Update, Airbnb wouldn't cancel, and the guests are currently at my place. This is exactly what I freaking dealt with last week. And I just don't, 
you guys, it's just baffling. If you listen to my advice column episode, you heard me vent for the first 10 minutes of that episode about this. It's so annoying. I completely 100% defend Airbnb's policy that, hey, for one night bookings around Halloween or around a holiday, we do not want somebody with no prior reviews to book. Like, that makes sense to me. It's a risk factor. You don't know what kind of guests they're going to be. Totally support that. But then they're going to let guests who knowingly have bad reviews automatically book? It's just wild to me. So this is exactly what I dealt with. And then I saw this post on Facebook like the day after I had recorded that episode. And I was like, I, this is going to be the Am I the Airbnb hole? Like, it has to be. So I don't know. I, I wasn't able to find an update. I don't know what happened with this host situation. But I 100% have this host back. That guest is the Airbnb hole. And Airbnb is the Airbnb hole here for not letting them cancel or for even letting them book in the first place. Now... All that aside, okay, I need to I need to calm down. I need to give you guys an update on my guest and I need to calm down. Um, I need a sip of coffee. Hold on one moment. I'm gonna do some coffee ASMR. Do you hear the ice cubes of my coffee swirling around? Tap, 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 tap. Are you guys into that? <sighs> okay. Where was I? I really need to relax, you guys. Airbnb is stressing me out. Okay. So let me update you on what happened with my guest. Even though I do not forgive Airbnb, I am still extremely upset at the way that they would handle this. This just is, again, this just makes no sense. And if you listen to my Friday episode, you know my whole gripe, right? Like, why are you gonna, I, I support the guest with no reviews, not being able to book, completely support that. I understand that risks, that parties are a huge risk and we have to protect the reputation of Airbnb. I get it. Love it. Great. Why are you letting knowingly bad guests book, okay? So anyway, I do not forgive Airbnb for this, but I will update you. The guest that I had, the three-star guest who booked for one night on Saturday, the weekend before Halloween, and had a previous three-star review, he actually was wonderful. He turned out to be such a good guest. He was super nice. Um, what's so funny is we, this weekend, was madness in our business. I had two listings with furnaces that didn't work. This was like the first weekend that was officially cold enough to have to turn on the heater. Two listings, the furnace just would not kick on. So that was fun. I had another listing where the toilet in the master bathroom was leaking. So we had to send a plumber to go fix that. And then we had one listing where the guest could not figure out how to turn on the grill. So we were just trying to like walk them through that. And it was so difficult to like explain the process over the phone. Um, but everything worked out in the end. But yeah, we had so many issues this weekend. And this guest, the one that I was the most afraid of, turned out to be lovely. Left it super clean, checked out on time. He actually called me like an hour after checking out and was like, oh my God, I just realized that we actually accidentally took the pool key with us. How do I bring it back? And I was like, oh, just come by. My cleaner's there. You can just pop in and, and give it back to her. And he did and everything was fine. So he turned out to be lovely. And I realized that I was panicking over nothing. But this does not change the fact that Airbnb's policy on this is absolutely insane. And clearly it's not just me because look at this other host that they're doing this to. Look, Airbnb, I just want you guys to get clear on your own policy. I think that that's what bothers me the most is they pretend that this is all that this whole thing about not letting people with prior reviews book. They act like this is for your own good. And oh, we just don't want the risk of people who might throw a party to be able to book. We're very, very anti-party. We don't want any risks like that. Like they act like this is all for the host's own good. And then when you knowingly have somebody with a shitty review and you're trying to get it canceled, they won't let you. 
just get clear on your own policy. That's what upsets me the most. So Airbnb, you're still the Airbnb hole. My guest turned out to be lovely. We would happily have him back anytime. I'm leaving him a five-star review. So hopefully future hosts in the future trust this guy and disregard his previous three-star review because he turned out to be wonderful. We would host him again anytime. Everything was fine, but I do feel bad for this other host. I wish that there was an update to that that I could share with you guys. But Airbnb, stop, stop fucking around. Just stop. Get it together, please. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye.